Welcome to the Informed Simplicity Project. Today, we have an audio blog. Why we are secretly terrified of amazing therapists. I don't want to, my four-year-old bald. Just take one bite. I gritted through my teeth. I did. Tears filled his little eyes. He just barely touched the tip of his tongue to the tip of his grilled chicken. A real bite, I snapped. What? He whined and hopped down from his seat and sprinted to his room, leaving me to feel like a bad dad. My four-year-old is a picky eater. My wife and I have been pretty intentional in our parenting. We read the books on sleep training, taken classes on attachment parenting, and we've brought, bought online courses about potty training. For the most part, it's helped. But one area where we still struggle is food. When our four-year-old was little, he'd eat almost anything we put in, on his plate. But then, about two years ago, he just became really picky. It's gotten worse over time. Now, we have a picky eater, full-blown. If, if his cheese is warm, he won't eat it. If his banana has a brown spot, he won't eat it. If he's offered food on a Monday, he won't eat it. We've been at a loss about what to do. Actually, that's not true. We've been too tired to do anything. We have three kids under four. We don't have the energy. So the other day, I'm sitting at the dinner table, and I decide I'm going to do something about this. I turn to my middle child, the two-year-old, and I say, Hey, kid, did you eat all the food on your plate? Because I have a treat for you. I want a treat, my two-year-old says. Well, the treat is for your brother because he's tasted all of his food. Did you try all the food on your plate? I will, he says, and takes a bite of everything. Okay, well then, you get a little treat. I go to the freezer, pull out an ice cream sandwich, cut a fourth off, hand it to my two-year-old. Then, cut another bit off, hand it to my four-year-old. They run outside dancing and singing, ice cream, ice cream, I got ice cream. Later, my four-year-old comes up to me and says, Dad, can I have some more ice cream? Well, you get ice cream for trying new foods. So what are you going to do? I guess I can taste something else. And so he did. You know, I thought that was quite clever. I said to my wife a little later when the boys were playing. Clever? She smiled. You mean manipulative? Sometimes I worry about manipulation in therapy. I actually don't think it's a real threat right now. I don't think most therapists have the type of power over clients that parents have over kids. Like, I remember going to an ethics training a while ago. The trainer was ranting about how therapists need to be more careful about how we wield our power. I just rolled my eyes. I mean, I couldn't get most of my clients to complete their homework. So the idea of having power over clients seemed ridiculous. Still, I often think about what would happen if our field advances. Like, think about John Gottman. This man has created a mathematical equation that can predict when couples will divorce. Doesn't that mean he's invented a math that can predict the future? If his disciples keep moving his work forward, what else might they be able to predict? When a couple will have the first kid? 
when a partner will die? Which, which child will succumb to drug addiction? Or think about motivational interviewing. It's a model specifically developed to get addicts to convince themselves that they want to change. If that model keeps developing, won't they be able to convince all sorts of people to break all sorts of habits? And won't all these people think that it's all their own idea? And then doesn't this mean that in 20 years, if you get certified in cognitive therapy and motivational interviewing, that you can predict the future for your couples and get them to convince themselves to make all sorts of changes? Doesn't that mean that if a field did advance, we'd have the sort of power over clients that parents have over kids? Now I know this sounds ridiculous. And I can't help but feel that this is sort of the inevitable conclusion if our field keeps developing. And a large part of me wonders that maybe on some unconscious level, this is why our field hasn't grown. Like, is this why our field has sort of stagnated? Most people don't know that our field has stagnated, but it has. Like, if you look at the outcome research on therapy, it's evident that we haven't made progress. The research clearly shows us that even though we have more models now than ever before, these models are no better than the models that came before. Or the models are also no better than each other. If you're trained in one trauma model, you're just as effective as you would be if you used any other model. Additionally, our rates of mental health have not improved in the past 20 years. And our outcomes from all of these surveys haven't improved in 40 years. These are all huge problems, and no one seems to be talking about them. Why is that? I don't know. But I wonder if on some level we don't want a class of super shrinks. I wonder if maybe if we don't want our field to grow. Because if we did, we'd have a class of individuals who could predict our future and manipulate us into doing all sorts of things. And all the while, we think it was our idea. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm just trying to figure out why we're ignoring what the research really says about our effectiveness. And this is where my mind goes. If this were to happen, if therapists were to ever gain that sort of power, well, honestly, I have no idea what we should do. All I can do is think about what it means to have that sort of power over my own kids. You know, I'm actually not embarrassed that I influenced my kid into tasting his food by slyly offering him ice cream. I mean, after all, I'm the guy who hypnotized his kid into having dry bits. I think it's our role as parents. I think it's our role as parents to help our kids be the best version of themselves. However, I honestly am embarrassed that I would try to force him to eat his food. 
I'm embarrassed that I used my power to, to coerce him into trying things to the point that it brought him tears. I think that's a poor use of power. I'd rather treat him with respect and kindness. I'd rather treat him in such a way that one day, when I'm toothless and he's got to feed me mush through a straw, I'm not afraid of him having the power. I want to treat him well enough now so that when he has the power, I can rest completely in the fact that he has my good in mind. Best, Jordan, the counselor.